Before you sit down, would you just give somebody a hug and say, I am glad you are here. Well, it's good to gather uh, in worship. I love the chance every Tuesday and every Thursday to take a moment and uh, take a break. A couple announcements in the midst of uh, just remembering who God is and, man, the sunshine and such a privilege to be here. Here's a couple announcements. Hosanna tonight. Uh, awake tomorrow night, meeting over, over in the hub, MPC, wherever that is. That's right over there. Um, by the way, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. is the beginning, or 7.30 a.m. Starting uh, Lent, and it begins with Ash Wednesday. It's the 40 days before Easter, not including Sundays, as we step into this idea of Lent. So 7.30 a.m., Ash Wednesday, you might want to come and just get your hearts ready for as we kind of journey through Lent with Christ to the cross. Um, Whitworth Church, by the way, several churches here, uh, if you can't make that one, 7 o'clock, they're having an Ash Wednesday service as well. Little thing that we do every year for about the last 14 years is over spring break, we take a group of students down to a camp to get it ready for the summer. We call it Work Week. If you are interested in this, how many have gone to Work Week? Raise your hand. Uh, we'll talk more about this. So just invite your friends. If you have nothing to do, come and join us because you can still go your, do your party thing, good party thing, um, after spring break and go see your family because it ends on Tuesday. Uh, also this, student leadership fair this Thursday from 11 to 2.30. Now, this is important if you're considering a campus ministry position. Uh, there will be all kinds of information this Thursday from 11 to 2.30 over there in the hub area. And I just want to give a special little word for some of you here in this chapel Seriously, we really want you to consider some of those spiritual life positions. I mean, CMCs and, and, and he's stepping into RAs and all these things because uh, we want to bring Christ into this campus. So really consider how God might be calling you to serve in student leadership here on our campus. Let's pray. Wow, Lord, I just threw out a whirl of announcements. Um, and I want to stop for a moment and pause to just remember who you are. And to remember the world around us. To realize that people sitting around us have a story beyond what we see. The hello walk and figure us out. How are you? Fine, but you know, there's a story behind the story and I'm reminded from yesterday about the important decisions being made around DACA, the Senate, uh, Dreamers. March 6th is a deadline. Oof. Like, we need some justice. And Lord, I don't know how to call out in this moment other than to say this. May our Senate make decisions based on love, not fear. And then I think, Lord, uh, I was reminded yesterday as I was meeting with a local youth pastor, Bethy Crow, graduate from here, uh, Puerto Rico. I mean, they had an incredible, devastating hurricane that hit, what, in September. And there are people still not in their homes. Their youth group is going down this summer to try to help. And I was realizing how easy it is for us to forget that there are people that don't have electricity or a home are still recovering from all the damage done to that in that flood and that hurricane. 
And that's just one of so many disasters in our world. Lord, have mercy. May we not so easily forget and find ourselves on our knees praying that you would show up, that people would show up, that there would be hope in the midst of some very bleak situation. And in all of that, Lord, we love you. We trust you. Or who else would we ever turn to? Be with us now in this time as we continue to worship in your name. Amen. Amen. You can grab a seat. Ah, so good. Thank you all. Amen. Some of y'all may know, I'm Forrest, by the way, if you haven't met, I'd like to do that. Some of y'all may know that tomorrow is a special day, Valentine's Day, and uh, I, I, um, it's only one day early, and I was thinking, um, Janelle gave me this Valentine, and I was thinking maybe it'd be okay if, we, if I broke it out one day early, you know, uh, just a little preview, and it might be, you know, a little embarrassing, but, because she's probably going to say a lot of nice things about me, but, but um I thought I might, might read to see what she had to say, my wife, Janelle. Um, Dear Forrest, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Yeah, good start. I am. <laughs> you won't believe it, but I just met someone who is so much greater than you are. I read that right. He is so amazing that I don't even know where to start. But I must tell you about him. Interesting, Valentine so far. I guess I'll begin with how strong he is. There's nothing he can't do. You know how you sometimes get tired and overwhelmed by all you need to do? That doesn't happen to him. He's so strong and able that no matter what comes up, he can handle it. He was even able to open up that new jar of pickles for the burger and fries last night. He's not just strong, though. He's also consistent and dependable. I know I can count on him to always be there for me. He doesn't say one thing today and something contradictory the next day. I get the sense that no matter what happens, he will always be the same incredible person. Another thing I appreciate about him is the way he proactively loves. He's not like one of those people who say, I love you, but doesn't back up his words with actions. He generously gives of himself and his time even at his own personal cost. You'd be amazed and inspired if you saw it. But do you know another thing that I really appreciate about him? He is strikingly handsome. (laughs) I'm about to be done, I think. I mean, really beautiful. Seeing him takes your breath away. It makes you wonder if you have ever really understood beauty before. It might even make sense for someone to say about him, you look perfect. Or, I'm in love with the shape of you. (laughs) He even seems to make everything around him more beautiful, as if his magnificence makes his surroundings more vibrant and colorful and alive. I think you're getting a glimpse of how wonderful he is. I could go on and on, but a Valentine's card isn't meant to be a core essay. I (laughs) I do hope you get to meet him someday. Happy Valentine's Day. Love, Janelle. Hmm. <laughs> well, maybe that wasn't really from Chanel. But to get a card like that would be wildly inappropriate and rude, right? <laughs> unless, unless there's someone who rightly would get 
that kind of attention even on Valentine's Day. Someone who rightly would have that focus instead of me. Let's look for that as we read our text today from Revelation chapter 1. This is our still introduction to this letter, this apocalyptic prophetic letter that John writes to the churches. Listen for that. Who's this about? John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. As we continue our series in Revelation, Your Kingdom Come, the book of Revelation for today, we see this, this classic introduction to a letter, this Grace and peace to you, John, right into these seven churches, and seven specific churches. We, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them more as the semester goes on. These seven churches in Asia, which is Asia Minor, Turkey, writes to these seven churches, a letter that's meant to encourage them in their, in their journey with Jesus. And, and we see that it's, it's to these seven churches. Now, one of the things we talked about last week is remember that Revelation isn't some kind of um, secret code that we have to decode with our secret decoder ring, right? That's not it. But it is, how, it is this apocalyptic genre where sometimes it helps to understand a little some of, the, some of the symbolism. And one of those symbols and ways of thinking is numbers. There are certain meanings for some numbers in, in that time. And so seven's one of those. Seven's this number of fulfillment, of, of, of completeness, right? So when it says to the seven churches, it means these specific seven specific churches who they're going to hear this. But also it means the whole church, the wholeness, the full church. This letter is written to us as part of that full church. So it's to us, but who is it about? Let's just do the quick, the quick blaze through. Who is it about? We see it says, so grace and peace to you, okay, yes, but then from him who is and who was and who is to come. That, 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 that reminds us of the Exodus last semester, remember? God revealed his name to Moses. I am who I am. The one who was, who is, who is to come, who doesn't change, who's holding everything. The God who doesn't, who doesn't uh, we don't have to worry about disappearing or being something different. That God, from him, and from the seven spirits. Again, seven, the wholeness, the full spirit of God. That's the spirit of God in front of the throne. And then from Jesus Christ. Then this, this, this kind of litany of things that Jesus has done as he's acted in the world on our behalf. This faithful witness who's lived and died for us, risen from the dead, firstborn, the ruler of the kings of the earth, who loves us and freed us, and now gives, has glory, receives glory for now and dominion, now and forever, who's going to come in the clouds. It's, so far, it's not much about us. And then it ends... This exclamation of God, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
the one who is, is and who was and who is to come. This echo of Isaiah 40 and 44 and 48. Remember, Revelation is full of Old Testament illusions. There are a whole bunch more here, but we won't mention them all. But this call back to, I am the one real, true God from beginning to end. I am God. So this introduction to the book of Revelation, and, which is a preview of the whole, the whole of the letter, who's it about? It's about God. It's about God. It's about the one true God. And this God, you notice it's a God. It's not just, not just, just God, but it's this God who's actually God, the Father on the throne. And then, then the spirits who are mediating his presence to the world and Jesus who has come and acted in the world. God, Father, Son, and Spirit. This God is the God this, this story is about. It's about God. But like my Valentine's Day letter, it would be a little strange to have a letter to us that's not about us at all, unless there's someone who deserves to be the center of the story that's not us. Unless there's someone else who actually should be the main character and is the main character. And that's what Revelation in this passage invites us to. The main character of the story is God. The living God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, this is the, he's the center of the story, not us. Not us. So that can be good or bad news, maybe. That might kind of, ah, uh, it feels a little weird. Maybe that you feel great about that. Maybe especially you introverts out there, like, oh, yeah, whew, I don't have to be the center of attention. Great. But maybe we think about our story. Think about the weight we carry. Think about, I have to have my, I, when it's my story, I have to have my five-year plan. I got my five-year plan, and then I have to, oh, I got to be taking care of all my to-do lists and all my, my schoolwork, and I have my job and the finances and all oh, that relationship, that girl just broke up with me, and, and now I, and now I have my, my challenge with my, my mom's health, and, and I don't even know what I'm going to do over the summer, let alone spring break, like, can't, and now, what about this weekend? I mean, all this stuff, I just get weighed down by the burdens of my carrying all the weight of my story. It's hard. There's a lot going on. And we could all name so many more things in this room, right? And we feel like, like Atlas, that Greek god, right, who's, who's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, just groaning and grunting. See, when it's our story, we're responsible to carry the weight. We're responsible to come through. It's all on us. And if we don't come through or we don't make things right or we don't fix things in our lives or people's lives around us, then we have failed and we, we, the world drops. But what if... The story's not about us. What if we're not at the center? What if we don't have to carry it? What if we can take that off and say, actually, I'm not the one who has to carry this? And what if this word that the story is about God is actually a word of grace, a word of a gift? Not God cheating us, but God freeing us from the weight of the world and saying, actually, guess what? You don't have to carry that because I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. I am the one who has been active in the world in Jesus and continue to be by the Spirit. That's God's job. God can carry the world because the story is about him. It's his story. Well, let's look real quick more about verse 5 and 6 because it doesn't end there. The story is about God. God's the primary character, but God has a place for us. 
In Jesus, we saw Jesus, this faithful witness who suffered and died and then rose for us to be kings, to, show, to establish himself as king. Jesus is this king over the rulers. These are evil rulers. We'll see in the rest of the book of Revelation. He established himself as king over, the book of, of, over those rulers. And then he says he loves us and freed us from our sins. So in his death, life, death, resurrection for us, Jesus establishes himself as king and priest. And then we see this. See, he doesn't just free us from our sin and death. He, sees us for, he frees us for something. Makes us to be a kingdom and priests serving our God and Father. We are invited to be a part of the story. We're invited in. We get to participate. We get to be a part of the story. God's got it. God has his redemptive purposes for the world in hand. And Revelation is going to make that very clear to us. God has it taken care of. It's his story. And yet, he looks at us in the eye and says, come join me. Come be part of my kingdom and my priests. Come be ones who, what does it mean to be a kingdom and priests? People who live with God as king and show the world what it's like, who he's like, and what it's like to live with him. People who live with God as king and the freedom and the joy and the goodness and the righteousness of that. Who show people what is, what is, what can't show the world what is just and right in our words, in our hearts, in our interactions with individuals, interactions in society. We get to live like God's king because we know he is. Care about the things he cares about as kings and as priests mediating God's presence to the world. Y'all can come up. See, God carries the weight of redemptive history on his shoulders. God is doing something amazing. God is the one who's gonna, who's, who has defeated sin and death and evil and is going to make this world right again. And God graciously invites us to participate in his story. The burden's not on our shoulders. In freedom and joy, God, by his spirit, the seven spirits, meets us today, draws us close in Jesus and says, now you are my kingdom and priests. Together, you are my people who are going to help this world see and know who I am and what it means that I am king and what I'm doing in this world. And so when we stand and worship now, we stand and worship the one true God, letting go of our hold on our story that we have to hold control. Let him have it and trust him to join as his kingdom and, and his people, witnessing to his goodness in this world. Let's stand and sing together. And so we go from here knowing the freedom and the love of God, the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ expressed on that rugged cross in concrete love for us, and the ongoing empowering presence of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live in God's kingdom as his priests, his witnesses to this world. We go in the freedom of knowing the stories about him, not about us, and in the joy of knowing that he invites us to join him, to participate, to be part of it in meaningful, beautiful ways. So may we live that and not be offended when the Valentine's not about us, but instead rejoice that our God is so good, our God is so amazing, and our God loves us that he invites us to share his love with others. Go and live that way in word and deed. Amen. Have a great day.